Been through a divorce, been through a really bad breakup. What are you doing to heal? Are you ready to date again? Possibly remarry? Visit and subscribe to the YouTube channel, It's Scary to Remarry. This channel discusses topics such as why second marriages fail, how men deal with broken hearts, should I have a whole phase after divorce, and many more topics on dating, marriage, and divorce. Find It's Scary to Remarry by searching on YouTube and Instagram, It's Scary to Remarry, and on Twitter, at Scary to Remarry, where we want you to love fearlessly. Stakes is high podcast. Peace. Yeah. Stakes is high. Thank you for tuning in. Yeah. Look. We back up in the building now. Hey, yo, we about to tear the building down like a 757 or 911. Street smart niggas with the wisdom of a reverend. All the eyes stacked against us, we still the ones you should bet with. Shark infested waters, interact your own discretion. Swimming with piranhas, trying not to get your flesh beat. Yeah, real podcast for people that's really real. CC and Jones tell you how they feel. Every Wednesday, when you hit play, you gon' laugh and learn something from this discussion. We going up. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to the Stakes is High podcast, a real podcast, having real conversation with real people. And I am Jones. What up, TC? What's good? What's happening, my brother? Chilling, man. How about yourself? You know me, blessed more than I should be. You know. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Man, we had a couple people said they was going to give us our intro, man. I've, I've been waiting. I've been waiting. I'm not even going to hold my breath anymore. I, yeah, I, I gave up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Empty. Broken what's, what's song? What's that group? Three uh, L W. Broken Prometheus. Broken Prometheus. <laughs> right, right. All these broken Prometheus. Yeah, Come man. on, man. Yeah, it's all good. Yeah, man. How you doing, brother? Countdown. 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 Countdown is countdown is real, um, bro. It's, uh, it's 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 a lot of work. At you know we had we had fun uh, last week yes. slash weekend. It's business. And, uh, Back to the back to the business, back to the grind of yeah. wedding planning and preparing and spending money. Yeah. <laughs> still paying, you know what I mean? Um, oh man, you know, paying. It's an you know, expensive. Bro, it's 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 uh, it's a full on production. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, I mean that's that's it. I feel like that's going to be my weeks and and weekends. Uh, for these next uh, four weeks, it's, it's right around the corner, man. Yeah. Four weeks gonna pass by. I mean, four episodes. <laughs> yeah, if you, yeah. you want to put it in that sense, episodes, man. Four right. episodes, yeah. and uh, and that fifth one, I'll right. be, uh, you know, married. So yeah, man. Cool, man. So yeah, man. I. How about I'm, you? you yeah, I'm up, good, man. You? Good, man. Uh, had a good time out you in Vegas, man. And uh, you know, we'll, we we had a good time for your bachelor party. Uh, we got an episode out there, so we want to thank the brothers there. As we're here talking about Vegas, we want to thank uh, the, the fellas who came out to record with us. We definitely yes. have to give them that. Uh, Boz, we had Trez, we had Marco and Mar- and Mark. You know what I mean, so yep. we thank you guys for tuning in and joining in with us there, man, during that time. So, uh, yeah, man, yeah, yeah. 
So if they would have listened to that episode, TC, since we're already here, brother, we got a guest, man. Yep. I got to get to this guest, man. So Absolutely. But uh, if they want to listen to that episode and any of our past episodes, where can they find us, brother? At Stakes is High Pod. That's on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All of our episodes you can find on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. And if you have any comments, questions, concerns, or interested in being a guest on the show, please shoot us an email to stakesishighpod at gmail.com. Cheers. Hey. And I apologize to the listeners, but I fumbled that. I fumbled Ruski. I told you, listen, oh, man. I, was in the, I, I was having a good time. And I fumble Ruski for the excuse- first time, and Let's run ex- I don't know. Hey, how long. Run, do me a favor, run excuses. Hey, bro. Excuse the time to use a bit of money is nothing to say. <laughs> I ain't gonna say the end part because that yeah, that gets you into trouble right there. Yeah, you know we the ain't rest. there no more. We not there. No more. <laughs> <laughs> All the rest. Yeah, man. But um, yeah, man. But anyway, man, they got the point across. And hey, hey, listen, we have. Please hit us up for uh, any ads or sponsorship. Thank you for yes. uh, this this month's sponsor. Uh, it's scary to remarry. Uh, thank you, Sean. Again, I, I'm telling him every week. Thank you for that, man. This is our first sponsor since COVID. But yeah, man, thank you. Hit us up on email. We give you a great deal. We promise. All right. Absolutely. All right, man. This week, um, we have a special guest uh, with a tight schedule. And uh-huh. at the time, Hallelujah. yeah, at the time, you know, this was an honor and we're still going to honor our guests. Uh, our guest was supposed to be on our Women's History Month. We did that. We did our Women's History Month um, dedication to some powerful women. And this initially was supposed to be there, but we're here now. Like I told you, God don't make mistakes. Every time we have a guest, TC, <laughs> and we said we're supposed to have you on back such and such, it always works out. It works. The timing yep. always works out. So um, yep. I could say uh, my pastor of my church, you know, light of the world, what's happening. Mm-hmm. Um Someone who uh, I would say uh, came out of nowhere. I can say that, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Nichelle told me about uh, our guest before I had ever heard or, you know, seen her. And when I went, I'm like, yo, yo, dog, she get it in. She gets it in. <laughs> and um, I think at the time when I first saw 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 our guest preach, um, I think she was an intern at the time. And then again, Nichelle informed me of the news. She was the 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 H I N no never mind. The head the big dog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let me clean it up. But no, we had she was the big dog. She was the, she was the she she uh, accepted the position and um shell was excited and uh i was excited too because i'm like yo finally someone someone is uh who took on that job you know from previous and and let's give a shout out to pastor you know pastor hampton he came on the show and gave us a great a great episode so uh much respect to him and you know um with him you know uh stepping down from being a pastor you know someone came up with it's going to be a great responsibility so instead of continue to go on and go on i want to i want to get this with our guests in and we have pastor janae here how you doing good evening it's so good to be with you tonight yeah, awesome. thank you. Happy we, to have you. We, we appreciate it, and um, thank you for taking time out of your schedule. I know you—you mm-hmm. you got a lot of hats you're wearing right now. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> don't we all? Don't we all? It just means yeah. I'm in good company. That's it. That's it. There it That's is. That's it. That's it. Well, thank you um, again. You know, like I told you before, we really, really appreciate you taking out your time. And shout out to Rochelle because uh, uh, she she's she's on it. <laughs> <laughs> Rochelle makes magic happen. <laughs> yeah. But you know, that's what we Delta women do. Uh oh. See, there I, I was is. gonna mention that TC. TC didn't. I don't think you knew that. <laughs> I was asleep. I was asleep. <laughs> Now, I am no longer asleep. Oh, there we go, man. So, um, how has uh, just initially before we go there? How has uh, your transition from you know coming to the city and now having to you know bring your family because you accepted a new position? How's that been? You know, how's that been going? You know, just because I know that's a big transition. And where did you relocate from? Because I I don't have that context. So most recently, TC, I came uh, from Fayetteville, Arkansas. I'm originally from Detroit, Michigan, uh, but I've lived in a couple other cities and states between Mm -hmm. uh, Detroit and Fayetteville, Arkansas. But yes, I am 313 until I die. I am. I'm born and bred uh, on the west side of Detroit, and um, Indianapolis gets me closer to Detroit. And uh, I feel I feel the three one three love uh, even here in Indianapolis. So, um, in terms of the transition, though, you know, it's been a really good transition. Um, I came to. Light of the World Christian Church in August of 2019 as the interim senior pastor. And my contract was only supposed to be for 15 months. And um, I got here and within six months, COVID hit. So um, in addition to helping the church transition from um uh, a a status of having no pastor to try to prepare them for a settled pastor. COVID comes, disrupts all of those beautiful plans, and um, and it also disrupted the pattern that my husband and I had for our kids. Now the good news is because of COVID, it meant that we didn't have to commute back and forth between Arkansas and Indiana. Now the whole family came to uh, Indiana for for several months because my husband, who's faculty at the U of A, and who, by the way, is a Grammy winner, he just I won was Grammy just getting for ready music. To, I was getting ready to say year. that. Hey, let wow. me tell you, listen, TC, wow, TC, Grammy and a, TC, oh, I was, man, a Grammy, <laughs> Grammy award. If you could put Grammy Award winning in front of your name. <laughs> so, TC, I was going to say two I things. I was going to mention that. And then um, I've seen him. I haven't met him. And I won't hold this uh-huh. against him. He's a part of a different type of fraternity. I don't even know nothing about this colors <laughs> and these these uh, these crimson it's and cream color. Oh, oh, you got you. Oh, it's y'all in that Crips and okay. I'll shake his hand, but you know what I mean. No, I'm just joking, man. <laughs> Shout out. Um, yeah, yeah, I was going to mention that. That's that's. Hey, tell him when he gets some time, we need him over here at the Stakes is High, too. We got to talk to him. Absolutely. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So. We, we, we need to do a nice MPHC 
episode some, some different <laughs> orgs and like just that would be just so have good. that kind of conversation just doing you know some, and mean? it's the ones out there doing some powerful things man that's, yeah that's, 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 that's absolutely dope. that's dope so yeah so uh the boys are they uh have you got them into a school system yet how is that is that yeah okay. that was you know that was kind of stressful particularly um one of our children is in a gifted program in Arkansas. Mm-hmm. And so it was really important for me to find a school where he would be challenged, where he would be understood, mm-hmm. where he would be nurtured. Um, and, um, you know, we don't have to go down the history of how black boys are treated in public education. But it it is important to me and my husband that our boys were in good schools that could nurture them in a, in a very healthy way. So we got schools for the boys, which I'm super excited about. Um, we bought a house here in Indy. Um, but like I was saying a, a minute ago, COVID really helped because it meant that we didn't have to commute as much between the two states. Yeah, but then yeah. when, um, but when my husband had to go back into the classroom mm-hmm. and when it was time for the kids to go back to school, we went back to the two state um, commuting deal again. But in the grand scheme of things, you know, transition has been great. The church has been great. Um, I have no regrets, no complaints, but it also helps that I have a life partner, a spouse, a husband, yeah. a boo, who mm-hmm. is totally and commit, totally and completely supportive mm-hmm. of me, my dreams, my aspirations. And so in the same way that I don't um, ask him to, um, to, to, deny the gifts that he has he doesn't ask me to do it either that's dope that's dope so so i have a question uh along the transition part of it um and i'm not sure of like demographics in uh you said fayetteville or arkansas but you said you're from detroit i recently saw this tweet about like the blackest cities in america detroit was number one gary gary indiana was number number two two, which is where i'm from yeah um so like i'm not sure what what the demographics are are (laughs) in fayetteville but what was that transition like surprise demographically (laughs) and socially coming to indy like what kind of change was that for you Yeah, I welcomed the transition to Indy because if if we're using the scale of blackest cities and Detroit is number one, and let's just say there are a total of a thousand cities on that list, Mm -hmm. Fayetteville would be number twelve hundred. Oh, okay. Got it. Okay, 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 okay. okay. So, um, so, so Fayetteville, Arkansas is very much a college town. University of Arkansas, go Razorbacks. I mean, it's a, it's a great city. It's a great community. It is diverse, but, um, at the time that we moved, black people made 4% of the population. And, um, that was not what I had been accustomed to. And when my husband told me that he was considering taking the job at the U of A, I was like, baby, I don't know. And he was like, well, you know, black people make 4% of the population. He was like, but it is the bluest part of Arkansas. (laughs) And so when he told me it was the bluest, most progressive, most liberal part of Arkansas, I was like, okay, if, if we can be progressive in our politics, Mm -hmm. then, you know, I can, I can make the adjustment. 
So, um, but when the opportunity in Indianapolis came up, now Indianapolis ain't a black city either, but it's blacker than Fayetteville, Arkansas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I welcomed um, the opportunity. I really wanted to get back to the Midwest. I missed the four seasons. Uh, I miss snow. Oh, man. I miss, you know, I miss everything that there You're is. You're a minority there. The Midwest. Forget that snow. <laughs> man, when the snow comes, I just I just get joy down in my soul. It's mm. Jesus and snow. Here, here on the Stakes is High podcast, when the snow comes, we become weather reporters. <laughs> Every episode, every episode, every, we just hate it. It's like we're good. We don't talk about the weather, weather majority of the year. But as soon as it gets cold and we start oh, getting snow, uh, beginning of every episode, like, hey man, you got snow? Oh, is it twenty degrees there? Oh, it's ten here. Yeah, yes. man, I didn't realize how much I loved snow and how much I needed snow until I moved to mm-hmm. Memphis. I lived in my husband. We lived in Memphis for about eight years, mm-hmm. and I had a really bad attitude. Like my first three or four months. I moved there in December. So I'm walking around Memphis with like major winter coat because nah, in December <laughs> you wear real you wear real coat. I had on a real coat. I had on a scarf. You I'm sweating. wearing boots. And so I was literally sweating. So folks in the church were like, Pastor Janae, why are you wearing like that big coat? I said, it's December. This is what you wear in December. And it was so hot. It was like 55 degrees. But then it snowed at like the first week of April. And when that it was a random snow. It's supposed to be spring, but it was like a winter snap. It snowed. It was only a dusting. But my whole personality shifted <laughs> and that's when I realized I my body and my emotions are calibrated yeah, yeah. for all four seasons mm-hmm. so um, you know it was an adjustment while I lived in Memphis but yeah. then we moved to Arkansas and Fayetteville, Arkansas is in the mountains so we get a little bit of snow okay. Um, okay. and we get a little bit of ice but I was so excited about mm-hmm. coming to Indy and being back in the Midwest mm. yeah uh, we just did an episode our last episode was we discussed energy and uh, we talked about things that you know when God has his plan you know he it, it didn't it doesn't matter, you know, mm-hmm. and, you know, a lot of things we discussed on our last episode, we was just saying, like, all the things that we there was things that we thought we wanted. But, you know, due to situations or whatever that happened and one of the guys, Marco, we, we were talking about going to HBCUs and, you know, the reason why we did not But then we mm-hmm. were just talking about. If we didn't do those things, if, if we would have went to that HBCU like all of us being there at the same time wouldn't have happened or one of the guys met his wife through him because they went to the same school you know some of those things like Mm -hmm. that so we discussed we're talking about energy so I guess I was asking about your transition and because when you came here your plan wasn't to to stay nope and COVID and that came and it basically said Hey, you ain't going nowhere. We need you here a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. Did you look at that as, and I'm sure you did. I, I, I'm not going to speak for you, but you can answer it. But like, did you look at like God is saying you don't need to go nowhere? This is the energy COVID happened. And this is what made me be here. And now 
here we are talking to you. Is that how is that what 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 how was that? You know, that's a really good question. I had not I, when I came as the interim pastor at Light of the World, I did not plan to stay. I came with very clear boundaries. Um, I came intending to be committed to the contract as it was written. And part of the contract said that I would not be considered for the settled pastor position. Mm. And I signed my contract with that clause in it because I think that that clause helps to ensure that the interim does not manipulate the people in order to be considered for the permanent. That makes sense. So, um, so I didn't I didn't plan to stay. I came to be the absolute best interim pastor that I could be. I wanted to be so good as an interim that the settled pastor would write me a thank you note because I left the church in such a good um, such a good space so that this settled pastor pastor could just come in and soar. Mm-hmm. But as it turns out, um, you know, God had other plans. The congregation um, really wanted to amend that clause in my contract, right. and I remember. So you was give, you from, was giving you was giving them too much sauce, and they said, "No, man, we get it." We get it. <laughs> I'm just trying to do a good job. Go. That was it. <laughs> I was straight up because I mean the reality is a lot of the world uh, has been through a lot of leadership transition. And any church, any person who's listening to your podcast right now um, who has been through church transition can only imagine how difficult those transitions can be. Mm -hmm. You have people who choose sides. You have people who try to be a bridge. You have people who um, who um, leverage the moment with no leadership. Um, so there, Man. there's there's a kind of dynamic mix that I walked into, and it was my desire and my goal to love on the people, to get the people focused, mm-hmm. to stop whatever hemorrhaging was happening happening in the organization, to get us some stability, and to let the people know that God cares about them, God sees them, and that we really can do great things together inside of these 15 months. And at the end of these 15 months, I'm gonna walk off the scene, somebody else is gonna pick up uh, where I left off and just carry the ball. And, and it just so happens that as we got closer to the end of my contract, you know, people would always be like, Pastor Jay, you gonna stay? You gonna stay? And I'm like, listen, my contract says <laughs> I will not be considered for the role. So God bless you. I love you. I appreciate you. But no, I'm just here for the interim. And then I got a call from the chair of the search committee who said um, the search committee would like to talk to you. And I was like, sure. What y'all want to talk about? Now, is this thinking, is this is this. Uh, pre-COVID or po- is it during COVID this or post? post-COVID? Okay. This is mm-hmm. post-COVID. So I got here August of 2019, March of 2020, COVID hit. Yes. Mm-hmm. But I, it wasn't until September of 2020 um, when we were getting close to the end of my contract mm-hmm. that, um, that I got the call and said, hey, we want to talk to you. <laughs> and I'm thinking they just want to talk to me about what the job entails. What are the kind of things that I think they should be mindful of as they make their final decisions. And I was like, sure, what do you want to talk about? And they were like, no, we want to talk to you. 
Uh-oh. And I was like, oh. <laughs> so, um, so they amended the contract because the other thing that was important to me was that I was not in violation of the contract that I signed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, what I am mindful of is brothers can break contracts all the time. Um, you know, this is my intent here is not to be sexist, but my intent here is oh. to illumine mm-hmm. that as a woman in a role and position that very few women hold, I did not want to create or provide any circumstance yes. where one could say that I bent the rules, I broke the rules, I didn't play by the rules that I manipulated, I ran schemes. Mm-hmm. So it was- They ain't got you on me. tape still. <laughs> they ain't got you right. on tape. That's right. <laughs> um, so it was important for me. I was like, listen, if you all are serious about interviewing me for this position, we're going to have to- Change this contract. We're going to have to change yeah. this contract. Yeah. That, it, um, but it's interesting you say that uh, because I do, I mean, you know, with the role you hold with, I mean, like you said, it's not sexist, but there are a lot of things that, you know, there's, well, there's questions I want to ask you about having that position and being a woman, because, you know, you know, the stereo, the, 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 the old school, old school pastors that what a woman doing, you know, I want to, want to get to some of those things, but, um, but COVID and you just killing you killing it when you get up there and it was that's the energy that said we you you staying right here you ain't going nowhere (laughs) so i'm grateful for it i think that we are a match made in heaven though i really do think that i fit the church well the church fits me so it's good did you second guess it or did you say yeah right away the contract had to be right okay i got you makes sense yeah yeah, that was so, a good safe no. answer. <laughs> get that right, baby. <laughs> yeah. That's what you're like. Get that, that right. Second guess it. Good, um, good. I like that. I I knew that it would work if the contract worked. Makes sense. Makes sense. Um, Makes sense. and so the contract worked. It worked. I'm talking when I say contract, I'm talking about not the interim contract, but yeah, the permanent contract. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. That's it. And like you said, right. and it wasn't like trying to be. You, you just got to make sure, like you said, like, like in joking form, like TC said, you ain't got me on tape stealing. Like, I mean, like literally mm-hmm. like, hey, let's get this contract right. And then we can have a conversation. And it makes sense. I mean, you got to protect who you are and don't let, you know, like you said, the. And it has to be fair. You know what I mean? Yeah, speaking about, you know, sexism and e- equality. Yeah. Make sure yeah. things are fair. Let's, let's get this right. <laughs> yeah. So, um. Let's take it back. Let's go back. Uh, I know we kind of jumped in and we jumped ahead and going into your your role now. Let's go back. And I and, and before we go there, one thing I can say, uh, when I heard you speak uh, many times, you you gave praise to the ones before you. You gave praise to Pastor Hampton. You gave praise to Bishop. You gave them credit that was necessary. And I think it was necessary at a sensitive time because you said there are people who probably were in the church who were hurt that he left. There were probably people in the church that's like, I'm glad he's gone. And then you said, uh 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 I'm giving props to the person who was before me and before him. And I think that's very necessary in times like that. You know what I mean? So I commend you on that for sure. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. You know, I I don't lose any 
credibility by acknowledging people who paved the way before me. Mm -hmm. Um, Me Mm -hmm. giving kudos, and not only to Hampton and Bishop Benjamin, uh, because they, they were the two most recent pastors, but even all of the pastors who came before them, I I lose nothing by giving credit to individuals who paved the way for yeah. me to be where I am. Mm-hmm. Um, I recognize that both Dr. Hampton and Bishop Benjamin still have very committed people in this congregation who yeah. love them dearly. Mm-hmm. And so it, it serves me no purpose to undermine or diminish their contributions while they were here. That's it. So, you know, I, but one of the things that I did tell the church my very first Sunday when I preached, when I got here, I was like, listen, uh, I don't, I don't roll team Hampton. I don't roll team Benjamin. I roll team Jesus. There you go. So (laughs) I'm not here to pick fights with people. Mm -hmm. I'm not here to pit one camp against the other. Um, And I think part of good leadership is being able to acknowledge that there are such diversities Mm -hmm. in the organizations that we lead but not having our identities or our egos or um, or our pride attached to uh, any particular uh, group in the church mm-hmm. being your fan or or whatnot. I'm like, you know, we're all here for the same goal and for the same yeah. purpose. Hey, there you and go. what we're not we're not going to put people against each other yeah now accept me for who i am and let's keep moving and that was almost like you know what i mean <laughs> so yeah yep. um i want to go back let's take it back let's, let's go back to detroit back to the days of detroit go back to your days of detroit um let's let's just go to your high school years and just kind of and i know like i know you've given props to your mother a lot in your sermons i remember you told you was talking about us you know i'll let you tell it but uh you, you speak of your mother a lot, you know, and you give her a props as just some of the decisions you made and some of the, the hard work she had to give to get you to where you are. Um, but what was before, what was your high school? Like, what was your goals after high school? What, what did you, what did you, you know, what was your goals as far as when you went to college? What is it that you wanted to be? My, let me begin by saying my mother was my standard bearer. Um, She accepted nothing less than my absolute best. Mm -hmm. And I often tell the story how when I was in elementary school, I would bring home straight A's. And I would be like, oh, mom, I got straight A's. And my mother would say, well, you're supposed to get straight A's. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I'm like, you know, all my other friends, they're getting money for every A that they get. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. my mom was like, no, this is what you're supposed to do. And it happens to be that the school that I was in was just not uh, challenging me intellectually. And so Mm -hmm. she moved me into a school for the gifted and talented, Alonzo Bates Academy School for the gifted and talented, where I got my first F. Um, And I got more than one. And Mm -hmm. that first year was tough for me because I had been accustomed to performing at a particular level at my previous school. But Mm -hmm. my mom was always pushing me to my limits and ensuring that I did my best, not comparing me to other people's children, not comparing me to other folks, but making sure that Janae did Janae's best. So by the time I got to high school, 
Um, I was in a college prep high school, one of probably the most elite schools in our community um, called Detroit Country Day School. Mm. And um, I was one of 12 or 13 black students in my entire graduating class. Um, of course, I was there on scholarship because we couldn't afford that tuition at all. Like my high school tuition was more than my college tuition. That's how much oh, man. the school cost. But it was a great, um, it was a great experience. My mom wanted to make sure that I was exposed to different cultural experiences, that I was yeah. exposed to um, different opportunities, uh, vocationally, academically, athletically. And so when I left Country Day, I went to the University of Michigan and I gained a, um, I earned a, a full academic scholarship mm -hmm. to the University of Michigan. And I went there planning to do business. Mm -hmm. um, I ended up uh, hitting Econ 101 <laughs> and left business. So it was over. <laughs> hey, I feel like Econ class. <laughs> Everyone, yeah, yeah. I, don't care. I ain't never had to take econ. Thank God, because I always hear people saying they hit that econ. It was like, nah, I'm cool. <laughs> my, my minor in college was business administration, so yeah, they got to talking about widgets and 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 all. I'm like, man, what? <laughs> <laughs> mm, yep. Listen, that, was... that microeconomics was like the death of me. <laughs> so yep. I left. Uh, I left business, and um, I graduated with a degree in communications. Yeah, yeah. Um, from there, I went to uh, Carnegie Mellon in Pittsburgh and got a master's in public policy and management because I had a commitment to give back to my community. I always wanted to do something to empower minority communities. So mm -hmm. I went to Carnegie Mellon. From there, I went to D.C. as a presidential intern. And I was with the Department of Labor and with the Department of Defense. And I happened to be employed with DOD when 9-11 happened, mm. which was like a major moment in my life uh, because I had always been a church girl, always active in church. But that 9-11 moment was like one of those real transforming moments to be like, all right, so what are you going to do? Mm. And that was when I got serious about my call to ministry and um, seminary. And here, you know, the rest is history. So here I am. So what about that? What about 9-11 exactly made you take ministry seriously? What was it? Like what pushed you in that direction? You know, you come. So first of all, I had the pleasure of working with some amazing men and women, both civilian um, employees uh, of the Department of Defense and also um, those who were um, you know, enlisted and those who were officers. And so they were amazing. And when 9-11 happened, my colleagues um, ran into the fire to rescue Dang. folks. Um, and I happened to be on a project away from D.C., but I couldn't get in touch with any of my coworkers. I'm watching what's happening on television and I'm like, I can't get into any of my colleagues and I'm just concerned. I, I end up finding out that, um, you know, they're going into the fire, pulling people out. You know, they're providing first aid. They're, you know, they're doing the kind Some of heroes. soldiers. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. 
So those kind of courage, being surrounded and so close to such courageous people mm-hmm. and also being mindful that death is so close at every moment. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, I don't want to waste. I don't want to waste life and I don't want to waste courage. Yeah. So, um, so it was like, girl, get serious. I mean, I was doing great work with DOD and I love the work that I was doing. Um, I love still being active in the church, but I knew that there was more that I could give. And I knew mm-hmm. that there was more that had been invested in me. Gotcha. Um, and so it was seminary. And from seminary, I served on a, you know, with a couple of different churches. But, you know, when you're a woman, you never expect that being the senior pastor is yeah. the path for you. You know, it, it's not yeah. too many of us in the world, <laughs> yeah. particularly without starting our own church. There are a lot of women who just start their own churches. Mm-hmm. But I wasn't I, I was like, no, nah, I'm not about to do that. So, um, <laughs> so I served on a couple of churches and um, and then, of course, light of the world ended up happening. There we go. Um, I, I like to I, I like to know, like I know you use you use the phrase and in, in in, in most pastors and most people who are, um, you know, who, who, be, who become pastors, they say I was called and. I think who else? TC, who were we talking to before? And we just oh, we were talking to Eden. Was it Eden who we were talking to? Probably. Oh, yeah. That's the only people I think we as either it had to either been Eden or or Mel, one of the two. I can't. I believe it might have been. Yeah, but but well, anyway, my question uh, my question about that is like when when you use the phrase "I was called," and many people give their different examples of how God called them to become a pastor to 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 preach the word what was that experience for you and what and if you don't mind I, i'm not sure if you if, you know some people may not that may have been oh, intimate no. maybe a very intimate conversation or intimate thing that happened but what was that the the calling what, what happened there let me say god had to call me many times mm. so um the first time um I, I had to be nine or ten, and uh, one of the mature women at the church mm. uh, was walking toward me, and she said, "Janae, your feet are glowing." And I was like, "What?" <laughs> um, and so then she began. You to talk nine? You'd be like, "What?" Yeah, I'm like, "What?" <laughs> like I didn't put on my LA gear today. I ain't got the light ups. Yeah, the light up joints. <laughs> I don't know what she's talking. About. She was like, "Your feet are glowing," and you know. She was like, your feet are glowing. And that was in reference to the scripture that says, how beautiful are the feet of those who bear the good news. Mm. Um, But at nine, I was just too young. Uh, Then as I got older, my pastor, um, I was directing the choir at my church. And uh, my pastor would say, Janae, you are hiding sermons in your songs. Mm. And so, you know, I'm 13, I'm 14, I'm 15, I'm singing, I am directing the choir. And he's like, Janae, you are hiding sermons in your songs. So I'm like, whatever. Mm -hmm. But, you know, given how much my mom pushed me, I was also the kid who was the speaker for youth day. I was the (laughs) 
you know, speaker for race relations day. I'm just, yeah, you know, I'm hey, the kid. They used, to have to, they used to have to force me and they'd give me the like one, they give me the one sentence um, scripture <laughs> and I go up there and memorize it. I'm like, oh, I'm out of here. <laughs> <laughs> that was not, that was not me. I mean, I was, yeah. I was, we I loved you. Like, let, let Janae circuit. talk. <laughs> they would send me to other churches. Oh, man. Oh, wow. Um, and so, I mean, I'm 16 and just at this church and that church and still not taking seriously a call mm. because I never saw a woman who had been called. It wasn't something that women did. It was something that men did. But it wasn't necessarily anything that that something that I saw women do. And even though my pastor was giving me all kinds of opportunity and platform, I did not have any women in my environment who who I could model myself after or who made a call seem possible for me. So, um but I'm doing the work in ministry. I am serving churches. I'm building youth ministries. I'm mm-hmm. building uh, one of one of my best experiences in ministry was at Triumph Church in Detroit, Michigan, Reverend Solomon Kenlock. And I had the great joy of launching his first four satellite campuses. And mm-hmm. I mean, I am killing it in ministry, but I am not taking seriously Mm-hmm. that God could actually use me in any pastoral way. And so it was the men and the women in my life who were like, Janae, quit playing. So they, do you say God Respond was speaking to the through call. them? Yes, mm-hmm. yes. And okay. it was, I eventually had my own moment with God. Um, but honestly, it came after God had sent so many messengers to me mm-hmm. affirming what God had already been doing. So by the time I said yes to God, people were like, it's about time. We've been waiting. <laughs> and um, I'm grateful for it, though. I'm grateful for it. Yeah. One of the things you speak on often uh, since we've been talking, I know you talk about like uh, women being in the position that you're in now. Um, as you've gotten deeper, at, once you started, like you said, you accept your calling and even beforehand, it seems like you just kind of looked at it like, OK, that's just the way it is. But after you accepted your calling, did that kind of look at you? Did you kind of look at like this is something I can do? But did you look at religion and be like, yo, man, what? why is this being this this concept is taught in the church in, in, in Christianity, like women in leadership or women having this main role? Did you kind of look at religion like like I, I shouldn't say question it, but did you kind of like I know it challenges you because, hey, you you have to you got to shine a little bit, a little bit brighter. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But did you kind of look at it kind of like not resent it but did you look at it like man what the heck this you thinking like that that's crazy thinking you know what i mean did you kind of have that moment ever there were many times i was disappointed when the most mediocre subpar below average brothers (laughs) were celebrated while Mm. sisters 
who are the backbone of their entire operation. Yeah. Were overlooked, sidestepped. The brothers getting checks, getting paid, getting mm-hmm. platform, getting getting uh, celebrated, mm-hmm. getting invitations. While the sisters who are behind the scenes killing it. Um, I mean, killing it. Who you know, just just are being overlooked and in a real mm-hmm. sense oppressed. Yeah. Um, but it was the system that I was raised in. It was the system that I was formed in. So in as much as I thought the system was wrong, it was just the system. And if I wanted to change it mm-hmm. or participate in it, in some ways I also became complicit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I... You know, there are times when I look back on it. There, there are times when I allowed the mediocre, subpar, below average brother get props for what I know I did. Mm. Um, but ultimately, you know, I mean, when you are a person of faith, you also know that God sees the seeds that you've sown. Mm. And at the right moment, the reward will come. Mm-hmm. And so I just continued to sow my seeds. And I was fortunate enough to have some amazing men in my life um, who opened doors for me and gave me for real platform. Mm-hmm. So for example, I preached for Jeffrey Johnson at Eastern Star Baptist Church mm-hmm. here in Indy. I preached for him like 15 years ago because he was friends with the pastor I was serving in Detroit, Solomon Kenlock. And Pastor Kenlock was willing to broker opportunity Mm. for me on platforms I may have never reached had he not put his name on me. Um, And I am certainly grateful for all of the men pastors who shared platform with me mm-hmm. when they knew their colleagues wouldn't give me voice or platform yeah. uh, but they yeah. took a chance and and they brought me along and and put me up in some really amazing speaking moments mm-hmm. so uh yeah i would get annoyed i mean i still i still listen Cause I, that was that, that, <laughs> that, that was my. I guess I was going to say, can you give us? I, I mean, you know, you don't have to say names, or maybe just some challenges that you've had to deal with over the years, like specifically because you were a woman and you know a woman pastor. Like I know you said, the mediocre brother, the subpar cat, getting more, you know. He getting getting praised getting up. The props man. that she should be getting. Yeah, I'll tell you, you 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 stronger than me because my 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 pettiness wouldn't let that happen. I'm like, no, so and so didn't do that. I did that. No, that's not. That's no, not. No, no, no. That ain't his ideal. Just, that's mine. That's yeah. my idea. <laughs> and they sit there quietly and and accept the recognition like oh, but yeah. tc that's happened though i think like, it's happened to, i think it's happened to all of us before right we've come up with something and we just been a team player and been like man you ain't say that i said that but you've been a team player and you're like all right cool let's do it for the team you know what i mean hey, you're not getting extra credit because of my work <laughs> nope. you did it in, you did it in college somebody in the group you get the group and there's always a slacker like 
Man, there this, dude, this dude got an A, and I, we did all the damn work. Or did all the work. Sorry, Pastor Jay. I said <laughs> you said it right. Said it right. <laughs> there we go. Right. <laughs> I mean, that's I mean that's real talk, and and I know that that doesn't just happen to women. I know that that also happens yeah, for sure to men as well, um, especially black men. Yeah, you know it 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 happens to many of us, um, but you said it right. You know, being a team player. And again, for me, I I have such a strong concept of self that um, that some people need me to do their work for them. And you know, that's just that's me sharing God's blessings because it's better for you that I do it for you than for you to do it yourself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So I mean, there there came some moments when it was like not only was it me being a team player but it was like you know Janae you can do it and so just go ahead do it because it's not just a reflection on the organization mm -hmm. it's a reflection on everybody who is a part of the organization uh, and their reputations are on the line too so I, I try to approach moments and situations with um, with a broader outlook and a broader perspective. Some people call it selfless. I don't know if I would call it selfless. I just try to take a bigger picture approach and realize that, that things are bigger than me. And if I get the privilege of making a contribution and somebody else gets to benefit from it, eventually the payoff will come back to me. Mm -hmm. And it really has. I'm at Light of the World Christian Church, one of the largest congregations in our denomination. And that's what um, I, yeah, I was going to ask about that. Uh, you you are now the senior pastor, like you just said, at one of the largest denomination, you know, the largest churches in the denomination. Um, does that get, does that scare you? Do you ever wake up and have to be like, whoa? I got Often. all these people. Look, I'm, there's a lot of people here. <laughs> this ain't 12 person church. This is a big church. You know what I mean? Do you? Off seriously. Yep. Okay. I, I am so um, amazed at how kind God has been to me and how kind God has been to our church under my leadership. Um, it is, it's crazy. It is, first of all, even as the interim, it's crazy the kinds of things we were able to do even with an interim leader. It's crazy how we pivoted in COVID and totally went virtual. We are a congregation that hovers around 55 as our average age. It is not the age where people are digital natives. So the idea of going from a largely in-person culture to a 100% virtual culture is bananas. We shifted yeah. everything. We shifted leadership development. We shifted congregational care. We shifted worship. We shifted every aspect of our ministry to a virtual platform. Yeah, we had tough. to introduce people to freeconferencecall.com, introducing people yeah. to Facebook Live, introducing people to streaming services. Because Aunt, you know, Aunt Pearl ain't got no laptop. 
listen. And I, I'm just, but, I, I don't even know Aunt Pearl. I'm just giving Aunt Pearl a name. But Aunt Pearl. <laughs> and you know it's an Aunt Pearl there. Somebody. Guaranteed. Her grandkids had to let them use her iPad. <laughs> you are on it. You are on yeah. it. So we, so Aunt Pearl, and and even though Aunt Pearl did not have a a smartphone or a computer or mm-hmm. tablet, mm-hmm. And Pearl still wanted to be a part of her church. So, and Pearl had to learn freeconferencecall.com because that was how Aunt Pearl was able to listen in to to our prayer meetings, listen in to our congregational meetings, listen in to our worship services because we realized that Zoom and Facebook Live and streaming platforms could not be our only method of connection we had to figure out you cutting a lot of people out yeah Mm -hmm. how do we connect to people who don't have internet access and the reality is for so many low-income people yes um they're connecting to the internet from their phones which might be spotty which Mm -hmm. you know the data quality uh may be low so we had to be mindful about all of these things transitioning our congregation oh and by the way people are in quarantine and everybody is not good in quarantine. Some of us are in quarantine with abusive partners. Some of us are in quarantine in unsafe living conditions. Some of us are, you know, our mental health issues are exasperated. So, like, the fact that I literally had six months to learn this congregation, COVID hit, and be able to simultaneously stabilize us from previous leadership transition mm-hmm. and navigate us through a pandemic was sick. It was absolutely crazy, yeah. but we did not fail at anything. Everything we attempted was successful. Um, our leader, we we shifted to online leadership summits. I was praying like, Lord, just let 50 people show up. <laughs> and we had like 125 the first yeah. day. Mm. Um, and That's so, great. you know, I, you asked me, you know, if I doubt or if I'm worried, um, I, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that I am qualified for this job. I know that. But just because I'm qualified for it doesn't mean that I'll be successful at it. Um, And it has been so humbling to to say, gosh, I've been successful at this. Mm -hmm. And and COVID put a lot of people's uh, problem solving skills, uh, adaptability to the test. Creativity. You you cannot figure this out and, you know, you're going to get left behind. You're going to have some issues on your hand and uh, to hear that you were able to figure it out and have amazing turnout at, you know, these, these, you know, virtual uh, sermons and and services and that's amazing to hear. I'm I'm glad. Yeah, Yeah, man. Absolutely. Yeah. Um yeah, that that's amazing. I think uh I think it's good that you can admit that you do have to wake up and say 
whoa, 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 what's going on here? I, I'm, I'm here. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I, I think it's, I think it's very uh, humble to be able to say that because some people could have an attitude like, no, I knew I was gonna do it, and I knew God had me, and I knew, you know what I mean? It's, it's good to be to see that. You know, sometimes I'm just like, I mean, you know, TC, you and I talk about that. Like when you look at our numbers or you look at people that support us, I'm like, man, they really listen to us talk for an hour. You know what I mean? So, and to be it, real, it's like I try not to even. Um, pay close attention to the numbers you know what I mean because it can also steer you off course you know what I mean sure, some people sure. like get let down I mean we we know that in the podcast world so yeah. many people are like oh man I only had so many listens this episode Been they there, see that, that trend yeah, and they be yeah. like forget it man yeah, I I'm give done. up you know so like trying to not pay attention like obviously you want to know if you're being successful or not and how to become better but you know not paying so close attention to it that you know it, it steers you it, off course because yeah. it can easily do that yeah the numbers can't control you like you know you said you yeah. set your number at 50 and you said 125 showed up like okay we doing something here yep. <laughs> Good. I'm, you're doing um, something right 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 uh, you said there's not a lot of women uh, in the position that you have have you done research and looked and seen in the city or tried to do any kind of like do you got do, do women pastors or anything do you guys have any kind of support groups that you guys have together because i know it has to be tough being in a overwhelming men controlled profession you know uh are there other women in the city that you that that you guys talk to talk to each other or elsewhere do you know those numbers i have not done the research um but I'm sure it's pretty close to zero. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, there are I'm trying to think of black. Of I'm like, who else out there? You know, I haven't heard. There are a handful of us. Um, and, you know, like I said, many of us end up starting our own churches because um, just because it is a male dominated field mm-hmm. and congregations are still warming to the idea of a woman as their senior pastor. And a part mm-hmm. of that has to do with um, how people interpret the Bible um, yeah. with very speak misogynist that? lenses. Can you speak um, on that? I did because I, I guess I should have did the research about these these passages that say you know women shouldn't be the head pastors. So they they you know can you speak on that? Like what is the misinterpretation there that that mm-hmm. that you can yeah? Speak on? So in a short, I mean, because that that conversation could take us several hours. Uh, <laughs> unpacking unpacking um, mm. the languages, unpacking the context, um, unpacking the context that these um, passages were written in, um, unpacking the the history mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. how the passages have been interpreted over time. I mean, we we could spend a lot of time uh, delving into that. Um, But if I had to just tell you, you know, real quickly, Mm. people are sexist. And because people are sexist, they interpret the Bible in sexist ways, Mm. even in ways that the Bible says you don't have to be sexist because humanity in some way is always looking for ways to one up somebody else. Mm. Um, it just so happens that I, I think we we interpret the Bible uh, in sexist ways in general yeah, when sure. the Bible 
offers liberation for everyone. Um, I think that for me, when I consider how God behaves across time and across scripture, God is always um, delivering people, setting them free, making them whole, um, restoring, renewing them. Mm. And uh, so it is inconsistent for God to completely alienate, isolate, subordinate an entire gender yeah. Um, yeah, that's, based that's... on their anatomy. It's just not, yeah. it's, it's, God has so many other things that God could that's do with saying, creation. Man. If somebody going to give me that, that good um, word, I don't care. I don't care which, like you said, I don't care which your, 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 gender make it i'm like yo give me that word that i need right now feed yeah. me you know what i'm saying yeah. so um it's interesting that people even think that way that that yeah. uh, the word would be less because of you know the sex of the person is coming from or gender of the person is coming from it's like dude uh, mm-hmm. the word is the word you know focus on that not the not the messenger yeah. yeah, one of the things I guess, and I, I know we said we're gonna keep you for an hour. We're gonna, I know you're busy and you you, you got the little ones, <laughs> but we, we almost had an hour. And I did my last thing that I wanted to ask. I don't know if TC has anything else, but the last thing I wanted to ask is just kind of like, uh, um, your strategy. Uh, seeing that if you look at most Christian churches all the way from when I was young into probably now uh, congregations are overwhelming if you look at the percentage of men to women women always they majority of the time there's the women gonna be a higher percentage of the 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 uh, church you know if and um, I guess like and we could probably talk about different things on the reason why men don't go to church or whatever it may be. I'm just like you said, that can be a whole nother conversation, but I guess as being a, a senior pastor and, you know, you being a woman and seeing that, what are some of the like strategies of trying to bring, you know, getting men back in church? Because I know a lot of time men, like you said, they can be sexist, you know, um, men can, look at i don't want no woman leading me i would never say that i don't know why you why like bro if you getting led you getting led you you sleep already bro if somebody else trying to help you wake you up whoever's doing it just 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 wake up g but anyway um what is some what is your strategy behind that because i know that has to be something that you know most people want to see is be getting your congregation getting more men in the congregation what is your strategy there if you know you don't mind me asking That's a valid question. Um, And let me say that brothers are not the only folks who are sexist. Uh, You know, there are there are women (laughs) who also say, I don't want a woman as my pastor. Mm -hmm. Um, So I Mm. I wish that I could say I could see that that. uh, only the brothers have been my obstacles. But Mm. honestly, brothers have opened lots of doors for me and uh and there have been uh not a few women who just say i just i just can't in fact you know there are some who chose to 
um, disassociate with light of the world. Oh, I'm sure. Because yeah. light of the world called a woman as their interim, and oh my gosh, light of the world was courageous and bold enough to invite a woman to be their uh, their permanent or their settled senior pastor. I've so, heard my um, aunt, my aunt who was an older woman, uh, a woman shouldn't not not specifically talking about you. This is a while ago, and she was like, a woman, a woman don't need to be up in that pool pit. I'm like, but you a woman, and if you got that word, why would you? But anyway, <laughs> yeah, you're mm-hmm. right. Yeah. Listen, I mean, there are all kinds of there are all kinds of reasons why people want this one or don't want that one mm-hmm. um, in their in the role as pastor, and it is unfortunate that we allow people to um it's unfortunate that we allow people to hamper an organization's progress because of outdated and outmoded ideologies Mm -hmm. um and so i applaud organizations that even take small steps in the right direction. I mean, we yeah. don't have to jump by leaps and bounds overnight, but the the fact that we try to make small steps um, so that we can be a community for everyone, for everyone. and not just for, for certain folks. But, um, you know, but to your question about strategies, about yeah, getting yeah. men in church, I would say that whether we're talking about men, women, teens you know because because you know the 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 lingo was we need more men in church then it was okay we need millennials in church then yeah, it was <laughs> yeah. but and i'm like y'all talk about millennials millennials are 40 right now right, like right. what what you really what we really need is that generation G. z, z. Yeah. What, what we really need is like two generations beyond the millennials um yeah. you need them babies but, crying in the church if you hear some babies mm-hmm. crying you're like okay we we, we got life here baby <laughs> exactly exactly so for me, before I aim, before I aim for any particular demographic, mm-hmm. my first priority is a healthy church because nobody wants to be in an unhealthy church. Yeah, right. Nobody right. wants to be in a toxic right. church. Yeah, y'all nobody church mess. Wants yeah. Mess. yeah. Nobody yeah. wants to be in a messy church. Y'all right? so, Even if I had a church full of brothers, <laughs> if if we are a bunch of hellions, if we messy, Mm -hmm. if we are toxic, if we are counterproductive, that's not that's not helpful either. Absolutely. So so for me, my my first aim before any particular demographic Mm -hmm. is to get us to be a healthier church, to be a church that not only loves God, but loves all people. Um, and that we are open to um, wherever people fall on whatever spectrum, whether it is a spectrum of ability, a spectrum, a racial spectrum, um, a gender, non-gender conforming spectrum. We have to be in a place where we we can healthily um, acknowledge our blind spots and um, and so for me, I want us to be a healthy church. In addition to being a healthy church, I want us to be a vibrant church because nobody wants to be in a boring church. Right, right, right. right nobody right, wants to be right. in a boring church. People are not coming to boring churches. People want to, <laughs> I, I believe that 
that people come to a church where there is energy, where mm-hmm. there is life, where there mm-hmm. is vitality. Um, you know, and it, it, it doesn't mean that you have to be, you know, packed in and, you know, the kind of church where you can't find a seat. But but he, I believe that people want to be a part of a church that's doing something yeah. and going yeah. somewhere. Real energy, so, too. <laughs> yeah. 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 And yeah. I think that those kinds of churches are contagious churches mm. where people are inviting their friends and saying, hey, come come with me come meet come come to my small group come to my growth group come to my zumba class come to my this or come with me to that and and that is how we that is one way that we grow church i am sensitive though that uh churches have to be i should say have to be churches um that are responsive to a wide range of needs have the best chance of attracting a wide range of people. Mm. And if we want to be the kind of place where men feel comfortable, Mm -hmm. and men are not monolithic either, right? Every man does not enjoy sports. Every man uh, is not um, toxic, you know, practicing toxic masculinity. Like, I think that men also cover a huge spectrum and we have to be able to help men across the spectrum. And all those, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. feel comfortable and feel connected and feel as if they belong. There you go. That's okay. work. There it Preach is. Preach, Pastor. There it is. Uh, <laughs> yeah. there well, Pastor Janae, we've had you for your hour. We made you, you know. That's we- it. A little. <laughs> we would. Hey, That's I want you it. to. <laughs> but TC didn't ask me any questions. Okay, there we go, TC. TC, do you have any questions for me? You know what? Let me see if I can get one real well, quick. Let me, Pastor Jenna, I'm gonna be honest. I told yeah. TC, I said, "Hey, man, she got a tight schedule." Right, right, right. We're gonna, we gonna get it in here. We gonna get out of here. <laughs> you know, as you were talking, I did have a thought pop up. Um, you know, when we were discussing, you know, that you know there are some men who don't want to see a woman lead. There's some women who don't want to see a woman lead. Um, which one hurts more? The women. Does it? Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. You, don't, um, you, you expect a man to be looking like, man, be quiet, dude. <laughs> yeah. Well, and my experience question, has man. been that when men choose not to follow, they just choose not to follow. When women choose not to follow, they tell everybody mm. that they chose not to follow, why they chose not to follow, and they try to convince other people not to follow, too. Um, so yeah. um, that sounded like an episode of Greenleaf right there. I don't know if you watch Greenleaf, <laughs> but yeah, when they know, was doing that, all the transition from bishop to to first lady finna lead the church, it was a whole bunch of bickering <laughs> and folks trying to get like y'all need to come with me. This this going down over here in this church. It's 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 the wrong direction. Y'all come, we going somewhere else. Yeah, yeah. is it? You think is it that attitude? Like who do think who does she think she is? You know what? Again, we we could go on and on. I okay, think okay, I think there are okay. a couple things. <laughs> I think part of it has to do with the way society forms women to be envious of each other, and the ways that that society shapes us to compete against one another. And instead of a position of solidarity and a position of unity. We see each other um, too often 
as enemies or as competition. And when we see women in ministry, um, that is compounded by, is she too attractive? Is she too cute? How do I feel about my husband? How do I feel about my husband gazing at this woman for 30 minutes or 45 minutes how do how do i feel about my husband and his relationship with this woman of authority and this woman of influence um and so i think part of it has to do with the ways we are taught to be competitive i think it has to do with ways that we are insecure about the men we're in relationship with i think it has to do uh with how we have been uh, conditioned not to trust our men because every man doesn't cheat. Every man is not um, um, dishonest or unfaithful to his woman. Uh, And so I think that there are all of these toxic undercurrents Mm -hmm. that end up raising their heads and creating these, these unhealthy moment for women in leadership and so um uh so i i think that that is a huge part of it when it comes to women not supporting Mm -hmm. women as their pastor yeah i could see that and i also could see you know the whole concept and we talked about this before tc we talked about like we when we even had like um um a man conversation and we were talking about what does it even mean to be the head of the household so mm-hmm. when you think of church you think of a man being the head and that whole just thought process you know i think it can transition into that too you know what i mean and like people dated. Not really, yeah. yeah and people not really or, or or not even maybe you know like you said dated or people not having a true concept of what that even means you know mm-hmm. like what does but that mean for this. you <laughs> what blows my mind about that whole concept of the man is the head of the house the man is the priest of the house what then do you say to the woman who is raising all of her children on her own yeah. is she somehow insufficient incomplete are those children somehow defiled or yeah. deformed because they are raised by a woman or raising a single I yeah. know some amazing women who have raised amazing oh, children yeah. without mm-hmm. a man in the household Absolutely. and I think part of what we can do as progressive Christians who want to give the Bible voice in the real world that we live in and Mm -hmm. not the world we imagine in our minds Mm -hmm. is that the 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 impact the power the influence of women is not subordinate to men we complement each other we have a way of 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 enhancing who the other person is. We have a way of functioning in partnership. But when partnership doesn't exist, a man is just as capable of raising a family as a woman is capable of raising a family. And if we could allow ourselves to loosen up on gender roles, Mm -hmm. we might find ourselves in a much healthier environment and mm-hmm. in much mm-hmm. healthier churches. Yeah. Mm. I, like th- I like that. I like that. Yeah. 
And one of the things that you know is is, is funny. You you. you we we're talking about this but tc if you remember i think the conversation we had i think it was a group of men we were maybe four of us or whoever and we all i asked the question like well what is what does head of the household mean to you we all have different answers and we all have different responsibilities all and right. somebody like i don't know what that means i just know the yeah. bible says it <laughs> like, right, right, right. <laughs> it means you file head of household on your tax <laughs> <laughs> exactly exactly (laughs) yeah that's funny yeah because i think we were going into that conversation of like you know talking about um yeah i mean i get it like if if you're a single parent whether you're a man or a woman you'd be in the head of that household but then it you know i think we were getting specific into marriage and couples Mm -hmm. and then who plays that role then is it as forgiving like when you put single households to the side and you have that family unit in the household can the woman be the head of the household and lead you know, is that the or way it go, or does it have to always be the man, even it, though he might not yeah. be the best choice to lead the household? The woman and, might be more disciplined, more structured, yeah, more educated, whatever the case. And TC, remember we said that like you can ask a man what he think the head of the household is, and then he can ask his wife or his significant other other what it means to her, and they got totally two different definitions. Okay. <laughs> You be like, oh wait, hold on, I ain't agree to that. That <laughs> is absolutely right. That's so it's so yeah. true. It's TC's so right. True. I remember you're right, TC. Yeah. Remember, yeah, yeah. Because that that was the that was I think that's that was the question that we kind of left off on. Maybe you can uh, point us in the right direction on that. Like if you do, and and you know, let's make sure I'm being inclusive. Doesn't have to be husband and wife. I know they're wife and wife, husband and husband, whatever the case may be. But just for the conversation's sake of, of what we're talking on, you have a husband and a wife and the household children. Do do you feel that you know biblically it's fine for the woman to be the head of the household in that sense and that that makeup? I think that the Bible offers multiple examples of women in leadership, women who lead men, mm-hmm. women who lead armies, mm-hmm. women who lead people in worship mm-hmm. in the temple, mm-hmm. women who prophesy, women who preach. I mean, the Bible is loaded mm-hmm. with examples of women who lead in a multitude of circumstances Mm -hmm. and for us to um for us to try to uh boil down all of those um all of those leadership roles and leadership examples into a very sexist misogynist worldview i think does the bible a disservice Mm-hmm. What might be a more healthy and um, productive way to think of it is the ways that God created us all to be in partnership with each other. Yeah, that God yeah. created us to support each other's dreams, visions, ambitions. That God mm-hmm. created seasons because everyone, because I, all of our lives come in seasons. There are We all have seasons of of bounty and then seasons of lack. And when we are in healthy partnership and healthy relationship uh, with a significant other, we have a way of balancing each other's seasons. That when my partner, and in my case, my husband, 
when he is at his best, that's an opportunity for me to breathe. And then when I'm at my best, that's his opportunity to breathe because nobody can drive a ship 100% of the time, Mm -hmm. all the time. Everybody needs to recalibrate. You got to recuperate. You have to replenish yourself. And um, and so I, I, I offer couples, I offer couples the invitation to consider relationship in the concept of partnership where we are working with each other toward the same goal and it doesn't matter who is at the front of the ship or who's at the back of the ship because we're we're all going in the same direction and when i need a break we can switch spots when you need a break we can switch spots because uh, yeah, I think yeah. those are the relationships that have longevity and have the best chance of success. Absolutely. I mean, because mm-hmm. you got to be at your you got to be at your mind if you're going to stop your loved one, your mate, your significant other. Mm-hmm. If you're gonna if you're gonna stop her from doing something or him for from a strength that she has or he has because he's a man or because she's a woman you out your mm-hmm. mind right <laughs> you, you right. tripping that's what I'm saying like <laughs> that's her strength dog you are better at money management but I'm gonna take it because cause I'm a man I'm or I'm a woman to quote unquote uh, about down. to drive us into debt <laughs> <laughs> have us looking crazy that is exactly right <laughs> like that's man y'all in debt and she's an expert yeah right right I'm right. the man she, she work in finance <laughs> We can all flourish and we can all thrive if we allow each if we allow each other's strengths to rise to the surface. Um, And we and and it's not just toxic masculinity. There is a toxic femininity, too. Mm -hmm. Um, And and there are ways um, that women also feed into um, the notion of women as lesser women as weaker women as softer Mm -hmm. and and take a very lazy approach to the life they've been granted um and because of these concepts of who is supposed to be the breadwinner man if your spouse wants to make three times the amount of money go ahead listen baby (laughs) let them and live your best life and leave money for future generations there we go right let's not choose a life of poverty because Because our egos can't handle our spouse making more money than us man please that remind me of uh when good times when good times when james didn't want to let florida go to school That's more money in the household, man. You gotta she wanted to, to go to school. He's yeah, like, nah, what hers. were they supposed to be in school? Like, man, you trip. Oh, y'all, man. y'all living in a project. In the jacks. <laughs> Come on, man. You better let her make some extra change. Yeah, what you doing, go, bro? Go get a job, bro. Yeah. She is about to work, too. Uh, right. right. Let's, let's get out of here. Well, Pastor today, we thank you. I know we've kept you over your hour, but hey, man, Rochelle, I'm sorry. Hey, we here. We having a good time. Absolutely. And we talking. And we definitely uh, appreciate you uh, being transparent and yes. uh, giving us, you know, your 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 good and and your time and all that good stuff. Expertise. So I really, we, expertise giving us a little bit of word having fun with us we, re- we really appreciate it so I think it's good that 
and I can say the same at that uh you know when we had uh Pastor Hampton on man it's it's always good to see people in a leadership role especially when it comes down to um being pastors mm. uh that are able to have normal conversations <laughs> this is yeah. it's, uh-huh. it's good you know yeah. and you ain't say you didn't read 33 scriptures and you ain't you know hallelujah three times I mean, it was just it was just we vibing you know what i mean <laughs> so it's hey, good hey, hey, amen after every <laughs> yeah it was, well it's, listen it's, you fellas are easy to vibe with oh, i good. have Thank thoroughly you. enjoy my time i don't know how y'all gonna edit this conversation down <laughs> into an hour we wrote in the whole thing I was giving you I was said an hour because I was being respectful of your time but we don't went over that hour we just we ride and we, we keeping it just like this <laughs> this, was, this, was, this was getting launched right here we putting it out <laughs> right here everybody so we thank it. you um, man please keep up the good work uh, I am proud to say I am a member of you know Light of the World and yes uh, I, I, I'm, gonna I, uh, to, I'm gonna have to come visit yeah yeah when uh, he come down TC gonna ride some gonna... of your sermons or, or something yeah, get, yeah. Uh, share a little info I can you know hop online and watch the sermon or if you got any that's pre-recorded on YouTube Listen, you uh, especially marriage like, well I'm, I'm about to I have that journey love lwcc.org yeah, yeah, well, and we will have. You, you have you you got any uh, social media? Do you have social? Media? I am on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. But listen, COVID has robbed me of all my social media time. Ah, okay, all right, um, all right. We we'll check you out. Of, to uh, spend a lot of time on Twitter, and uh, but now it's like I'm also in a PhD program. So uh-oh, between uh-oh. the church, PhD, and you know my husband and kids, and living in two states. I don't, I don't get to do as much on social media as I okay. used to. All right, all right. Doctor, we'll, doctor loading. I like it. I love it. Yeah. Loading. We definitely will have uh, the website and we'll have, you know, uh, on ways how you can check out Pastor Janae and hear that good word. And when the door is open, I'm ready for them doors to get back open and get back in there and get that energy passed through all the different members. I mean, it's, it's, it's good to hear, you know, it's good to watch. And, you know, it's cool to see that uh, when you're able to, I mean, it's just in general, which is COVID has hurt a lot, man. And just like you said, with churches and people coming together in a congregation and just serving and, and enjoying themselves, just like, you know, like everything else. So people, people, it can really hurt people mentally. Uh, it, it it can man. It's been tough. It's been tough. So um, I'm I'm ready for the doors to open and get in there and you know knock elbows with people because you know people still nervous. That's right. Bye bye. So or passage, yeah. So but anything? Any last word? We're gonna we're gonna get out of here. Anything else you want to tell us? I know you 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 gave us some good words today. Well, the last thing I want to say is, TC, congratulations on your pending nuptials. Thank you it very much. It is my much. hope and prayer that your life of marriage is full of goodness, grace, and abundance. Marriage yeah. is awesome. Thank you. Yeah, I'm ready. You know, and I'm happy to hear you say that because, you know, so many people are like, they start off with, it's hard work. It's tough. <laughs> Are you ready? I'm like, yes. I'm like, why are you saying this? Like, we have a good time now. 
it's gonna be even better you know uh once once we once we jump the broom you know we, we we're looking forward to you know having children and you know getting us a house built you know we're looking forward to all of that stuff and so yeah, many yeah. people just like oh it's you ready it's gonna be tough it's a lot of work <laughs> you know it's like yeah, I mean, the only I'm thing ready. you can say, only can say, only thing you can say that is your situation's tough. Exactly. Yours is tough. You it's know what I mean? So you, I'm not you. Yeah, you can't you can't throw that on somebody else. You could just say what's hard, what's your experience is. You know yeah. what I mean? So, so thank you for the for that the positive yeah. word. I definitely appreciate it. Absolutely. Yeah, That's All what's right. up. Thank you, Jones. Uh, yeah, thank you, and um, yeah, man. Well, I'm sure I'll be seeing you soon, and and all that good stuff whenever we get back and well i'll be seeing you definitely hearing you seeing you through that through that cell phone and everything else so <laughs> we thank up. you all right man well we appreciate it and tc before we go brother if they want to listen to this episode over and over and over where can they find us brother at stakes is high pod that's on facebook instagram and twitter all of our episodes you can find on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. And if you have any comments, questions, concerns, or interested in being a guest on the show, please shoot us an email to stakesishighpod at gmail.com. Cheer. Cheer. All right, everybody. Thank you. This has been fun. Hopefully you heard something that will inspire you, yes, uh, that will encourage you. And hey, man, thank you for listening. And we will get back with you guys next week. Stakes is high podcast. Peace. Peace.